Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Geekscapists. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. This is Jonathan, your host. And today, well, this is a special Geekscape. We're going to be talking all about the Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Um, Ian Kerner is going to join me here in a little bit. So if this is your first Geekscape, it is a special. We're, we're going to do a little deep dive on the movie everybody's talking about this past weekend, at least in Geekdom. And if you want to get a little bit more Geekdom, just go and listen to one of the other Geekscape episodes where we usually sit down with a guest and talk about latest news and reviews and that kind of stuff. Uh, I've had some pretty awesome shows recently. I had Jamie Kennedy on this past week. That was a great episode. It's up there on the Geekscape feed. And if you're enjoying Geekscape, go ahead and share it with all your friends. If you're listening to this on one of the podcasts, uh, on your maybe your favorite podcatcher, hit the share button, tell all your friends to uh, subscribe to Geekscape. And you know what would really help us out? Going and leaving us a five-star review uh, on iTunes. That would be really awesome. Uh, I think they call it Apple Podcasts now, but you know the drill. Go there, write a quick review for us, give it that five stars, and also share it with your friends because this is your podcast. We want to have y'all involved, and that means get your friends in here, and uh, we can talk about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League together. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you haven't seen it, well, go watch it. You might love it. And before we get into uh, the uh, criticism discussion, um, ups and downs of the cut with Ian, I just want to say I think it's pretty public that I did not enjoy or even see the need for this cut. That being said, I am really glad that it exists because it creates discussions like this. And you know what? For those of you who have watched the movie and really enjoy it, I'm really glad it exists. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, it really got me in the feels when I saw that end credit on the film. And that uh, the fact was he dedicated this movie to his late daughter who committed suicide around the original production of the film and um, dedicating that to his daughter, just put it all in context I can hate on the movie or say snide remarks uh, or whatever and suffer through it for four hours. But Zack Snyder and his wife who produced the film 
have been suffering for four years after the death of their daughter. So I think I can, I think I can live with four hours as much as I didn't totally enjoy this movie. I think I could totally live with four hours um, because they've gone through something a lot worse. And again, I love the fact that this movie exists for fans like you who might have enjoyed it. Um, and I also love that it exists because it gives Ian and I a, a chance to talk and hang out. And, uh, and I, I'm going to let Ian lead a lot of this because, um, you know, he's put the work in this week and he'll, he'll tell you all about it. Here's Ian Kerner, one of my closest friends and somebody who I go to when I'm like, yo, what's up with this movie? I need the, uh, uh, supreme intelligence. I know that's Marvel, but the supreme intelligence of the comic book universe to, to guide me through this. Ian, our local supreme intelligence. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Is that an accurate? Uh, I mean, the supreme intelligence doesn't know everything, does it? It knows. It's made up of a whole bunch of brains, so it knows what those brains knew, right? And whatever sure. intel it gets. Look, you know, I, I admit I've read a lot of comic books. You know, um, I'm a big comic fan. I try to stay up on it as much as I can. I still consume, you know, a great deal. Um, you know, pretty much all the Marvels and DCs, a whole lot of indies. So, you know. Um, I think I think I'm a decent uh, person to talk to about comic books, but you know, and obviously I'm a big fan of both uh, movies and television based on them. So, um, uh, let me start off. Know, but yeah, uh, yeah thank go you. Go ahead, because yeah, I want you to lead this one. Yeah. So let, let me start off saying this. So you know, first of all, uh, usually we've had a. It used to be a rule. Now it's a guideline that we don't discuss our opinions before we come on and, and do the review, um, but. I, I think I can tell the audience that you made your opinion pretty clear to me. You and another friend of ours were pretty much live texting me about your reactions as you were watching it. So I have a pretty good idea on how you felt about this. Um, for those of you that aren't clear, Jonathan did not love it. Uh, but, you know, I shouldn't say but. Going back to Man of Steel, um, I'll probably use some abbreviations in case they're not clear. Man of Steel, MOS. Batman v Superman BVS, the Ultimate Edition UBVS, um, and then people call this uh, ZSJL for Zack Snyder's Justice. League. Let's just call it the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah, the Snyder Cut. That's fine. So, you know, going back to Man of Steel, seeing it in the theater, I thought it was a good movie, but from the get-go, I felt that his vision of Superman was off. Um, it was just too dark, too bleak. Uh, it didn't feel like it didn't seem important that he save anybody. You know, he's so conflicted and Superman is, you know, I mean, from, from in, in the comic book world. And when you go back, like, look at like uh, Christopher Reeve, it's like, he's unflappable. He knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly what's important. You know, I mean, he's, he's what you, you set everyone else's barometer for decency and morality and heroism by, you know? And so I'm, I'm going to start off saying that, Going back to Man of Steel and consistently from there, I felt that Zack Snyder really just didn't get it. He's so obsessed with deconstructing superheroes as he did in Watchmen and applying that perspective, what he views as the realism, but some might say the cynicism of the real world and applying that to DC. Uh, but what I want to say, and I, I believe we've, we've done those reviews before and, you know, and, and well, well let, me, let me finish by saying, finish this point by saying that then with BVS, we hoped he would have learned his lesson and at least, you know, punched that up a bit. And while we did get 
In the original cut of BVS, the sense that time had gone by, Superman's more of a hero, but he still pushed so much the conflicted stuff and still didn't really feel that he would got to the, see Superman really saving people, you know? I mean, the, there are moments, you know, um, the, and there's some that the deification stuff that went on in the original cut. But then there was Joss Whedon's Justice League, and the movie was an abortion. It's so bad. It, it fails on so many levels. Wonder Woman came out before it as did Suicide Squad. And Wonder Woman demonstrated what could be done with these characters when you get a sense of humor and a sense of hope in them. Because Wonder Woman was great. I think the ending's a bit B+. But, I mean, you know, who doesn't cheer, at least inside, when she's coming up that ladder in the trenches? And I do love that... Um... The director of Wonder Woman, uh, Patty Jenkins, Patty went Jenkins. On a, yeah, she just recently did a, a press tour for the second movie, and she's gone on record as saying that the ending of that movie was not designed the way she wanted it. It was she kind of lost the 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 battle with the studio on that. Well, one. And, and that's what happens, and that's what happened to Zack Snyder. So you know, I can say definitively about this movie, and I want to give a little bit more background, but it's a far improvement from Whedon's. It, it is it flawed, yes, but it's a far improvement. Jonathan's apparently not agreeing with me. But we're going to get into the nitty gritty on this. Um, so essentially, I made a decision. I knew this was coming out. It was, you know, widely, well, it was heralded, right? And I'd seen Man of Steel a couple times. I saw BVS the one time in the theater, same thing with Justice League. I never wanted to revisit them. I'm wearing a T-shirt. This was a giveaway at Comic-Con for people that were waiting in line for the panel for BVS long before the movie came out. Okay. So I got it thrown to me. I caught it. Um, I wore Did you, like to, knock out a 12 year old kid to get that t-shirt Ian. Let's be honest. I, I, I don't recall. Um, <laughs> I mean, you were I'm not saying I did. I'm not saying I didn't, but anyway, um, I wore it the night I saw the, this, the movie at the Chinese theater and I've never worn it again until today. Um, so a couple of years ago, they put out the ultimate edition of BVS, which is Zack Snyder's director's cut. BBS, the theatrical version was two and a half hours. This is three hours. Um, so I've said, you know, I really should give that a chance. I'd heard it was better. So my decision for this week was I rewatched Man of Steel. I watched the ultimate Batman v Superman. And then I watched Justice League. I was lined up. I'd finished the ultimate BVS Wednesday. So that Thursday came and I watched Justice League. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, I should say. Um, I've never bothered to revisit Whedon's. I mean, I think I remember it well enough, and it was just bad. If y'all so, want to revisit what we think, that uh, f- that special is still on the Geekscape feed. You just go back to the week of release, and Ian and I definitely broke down Whedon's Justice League. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: I, I'm I'm pretty aware of, of Jonathan's issues, and and I'm of two minds. You know, and my joke was, you know, I feel like Schrodinger's cat. You know, depending who knows what you're going to get when you look in the box. You know, but because. In the one sense, I absolutely agree with every single criticism. But the part of me that decided to, I said, you know what? I know what I don't like. I'm going to embrace it. And I embraced Snyder and I embraced what he was doing. And when you look at these three movies together, they work. They work well. Um, they feed off of each other. I know it's going to kill you. I know, I know how you're feeling. But um, I don't know if I want to call them fun exactly. But I get what he was doing. Now, I have a friend of mine, my friend Jordan, whom you know, and he said, you know, he's struggled. He's watched Man of Steel. He can't get through BBS. He even tried this. He can't do it. 
And I sent him the Vanity Fair article that you sent me and he read it and he said, okay, I get this whole thing about what he's trying to do and deconstructing the superhero and all that. You know, the problem is he just fails miserably and people give him credit for the attempt. You know, it's like, it's like a participation trophy. And I found that to be a funny comment. So hence I'm sharing it. Um, again, it, it's, it's debatable. Um, you know, as I said, I went along for this ride. I know what Snyder's style is, you know, his tendency. I mean, look, it's like, it's one big giant music video. I get that. That criticism is valid. If you go into this, knowing you dislike Snyder, this is not going to convince you otherwise. If you like Snyder, you're going to be fucking happy. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the length. Okay. It's fucking long. I knowing what he set out to do, I don't really know how he would have accomplished this in a theater. I guess maybe he could have trimmed it down to three hours and still kept most of what he wanted in here. But you know, here's the thing way back when, after MOS, when they announced the slate and we heard Justice League was coming so soon, and we all said they should be doing it like Marvel, everyone should get individual movies because otherwise, how does it work? And the answer was in Whedon's version, it didn't. So I would argue that while there are hiccups, for the most part, every one of these characters, not only did they get an arc, you came to understand how and why they got to that place that now they're coming together in the Justice League. Like you got that half of an origin story or sense of who they were without it being a whole movie that needed to have them fight someone else, you know? And yeah, so it took four hours. I mean, that it makes sense. And it, it you know, it did it work? I, I think it worked. I mean... Is it perfect? No, but I think it worked. You know, um, I found it mostly satisfying. I have a lot of quibbles, but again, my take on it is as in, in embracing Snyder, which again is sort of against my gut because as a DC comics fan, no, he doesn't get it. You know, he doesn't get the sense of hope that should be there. It's not there. You know, as I, as I said in the past, you know, MOS Superman killing. No, BVS, Batman, killing and using guns, no. But, as I said, embracing it, you know, listen, a lot of people watch these things and, and they're not as married to the comics as I am, as you are. It doesn't bother them. They see, they see that version of Batman is a gritty real-world Batman. You know, could a real-world Batman ever manage to not kill anybody? I mean, just throwing people through walls and stuff like that, you know, people are going to die. You know, it's not, in the comic book, they don't. But, you know, I mean... You know, even Frank Miller in Dark Knight Returns, you know, I'll never forget you know, that back kick he does. He's like, oh, you just maimed that man. It's like, you know, and he chose the move and what it would do. But the idea of controlling it that specifically, I'm like, no, you know, you're going to mess people up. But I mean, listen, I mean, as I'm watching it this time, having seen it already, and I see, you know, the Batmobile going right through cars and blowing up all that. And it's like, it's fun. I mean, again, he's indiscriminately killing people left and right, but it's fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, so. um, you know, the good news is you've got people who agree with you. Um, yeah. well, Ian well, well, is totally right. The new cut actually pays off Batman versus Superman in some ways, Jim Pellegrinelli says. He goes on to say, there's a lot in this cut that's been improved. The, move, the movie has infinitely better tonal consistency and narrative flow than the theatrical. That well, and, I agree with. Yes, uh, that's exactly right. Down to mean, the opening. I, well, Ian, I don't mean to ding the movie on tone and i i do still consider myself a snyder fan i wrote a defense of um the what was the one that the the, the sucker, sucker punch. punch 
I wrote a defense of it that I know Zack Snyder actually read and that message got back to me, which fantastic. Um, I think that, that he is a certain type of geek and geek aficionado that like you said, he, he, he loves this stuff. It is clear he that does. he loves. This I agree. Stuff. Does he, does agree. he, does he get the core stuff? Well, I think he sees different things in it. And no, this no, is just, a representation I, I think he gets it. He, he just, of those he, things. Yeah. He just sees it as he has a very particular worldview. And yes. his worldview is okay. So, and that's what he's applied to it. You know, as as I said, when I first saw MLS, I was like, okay, he made Watchmen already. This isn't Watchmen. He's applying the same rules to Watchmen. Watchmen was Alan Moore deconstructing the superhero. It was intentional. That's what he was doing. So that's what Watchmen should be: a Superman movie, a you know Superman and Batman Justice League. You know, I don't feel. I mean, who am I to say it shouldn't be that? There's a market for it, you know? So that's an argument, you know? Listen, there have been other adaptations that weren't great, didn't like, whether they be on television or features, you know? Honestly, things have gotten better in recent years. But I mean, shit, go back to, how about uh, the Thomas Jane Punisher? Sure. He you know? things to um, with a bunch of people. Like, it's like, yeah. what? No. No, I mean, yeah. there, there's... There, this has gone on you know, forever and, and, and that always happens. It's just, I think that in many ways with Marvel, you Marvel gets the tone, right? If I get you know? the tone, right. Yes. And then the people now, here's brought the in have, have proven to also be consistent with that. Tone. So here's the thing. Let's start into, into a bit of a deeper dive. You know, it's funny to me because there are aspects of this. I look at, and I go like, okay, this was an effort to not be Avengers. For instance, not having the movies lead up to do it differently and have them all in there you know, this way. Um, I what what really bothers me, and even with my attempt to really embrace this, watching MLS again, you know, I look at the movie and I go, "Great, they get it." It takes a, the alien invasion before he decides to not be anonymous anymore, you know, and that's so contrary to everything DC. DC's always been about the mystery men that they're out there, you know, they're vigilantes, and you see them, you know. Superman isn't Batman, right? You know, Sur- it's, Superman it leads by example. He needs to be public. Right. I mean, the, the, the idea was before he became Superman, he was doing this anonymous thing for years. That's existed in a lot of different versions and birthright. You know, a lot of different versions have done that. You know, John Burns, you know, uh, Man of Steel did that. So that's been done. But the idea that adult Superman who knows who he is, who already has the suit and is still staying anonymous and it takes the alien invasion. And frankly, when you look at this Justice League, it's the same thing. Every single one of them, every one of them is so alienated by the world. They can't, they have to stay secret. They're hiding. Okay. Until right. the big job. I mean, right. It's the same. It's, it's almost yeah. beat for beat. It's the and, same thing. And no one knows that, about them until the big invasion. I don't get that for Barry. I don't get that for Diana. I get that for Bruce, but my worry is that he's painting all of them with the same colors and it turns into this, which literally has a very limited color palette. Well, by the way, I'm glad you brought up Diana because it always bothered me uh, in BVS. So they already knew in BVS, it was the middle of shooting, even the photograph, they'd already started shooting Wonder Woman, right? So they were able to throw that in. I mean, BVS was shot first, but the idea, so whatever happened, were the ones who decided to hide out for a hundred years. I mean, like what? Well, like, what, yeah, but well, that, that's just it. Like it, it's so, that's inconsistent. But but that was honestly, that's one of the worst things about Wonder Woman 1984 is this weird attempt to no, shh, don't tell anyone because I'm still anonymous. Why? Why? Is she? What the hell does she care? 
Right. You know, I mean, she's like a goddess. Oh, people are going to find out. I mean, she, she made it very clear that her private life isn't all that private anyway. But even so, she's in, you know, she's incognito, right? I mean, like, why can people not know that Wonder Woman exists? What's the secret about? I, I'm just saying, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get the anonymity. I understand with Superman, the anonymity of, I understand the secret identity thing, protecting the loved ones. And that goes, you know, all, that's been part of it forever until just this year with Superman, you know, outing himself uh, in the comics. And, and like, even I look at this and I think, you know, um, if Snyder got to continue, but even the way that Whedon's version exists, Superman comes back to life and they've definitively killed Clark Kent. Okay. So the choice is Clark Kent stays dead and Superman is around or do they out him? Those are the only two choices. Well, the end you of this film, they had a body have, for Clark Kent. The end of this film, you have a Clark Kent scene. And how does it make sense? Yeah, he's buried somewhere in, in Smallville. Right. Or, or should be, unless he's yeah. Superman. Right. right. So so that's weird. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about um you so you sent me a Vanity Fair article. I don't know if you posted it, but um it was it was w- one of the most comprehensive breakdowns of everything Zack Snyder went through in all of his involvement with the DCEU. Um and what you know. It, I had always heard that he was pushed out and then, you know, and that it, the spin was about it being about, you know, his daughter dying. And this article really encapsulated both views in a really great way. Um, and so I, I, I have little doubt that this article was accurate, um, which is that the pressures were already there. Cause that was the thing. I remember when BVS came out and hearing on the spot, he's getting fired. He's getting pushed off justice league. They'd already started filming and, executives just didn't like the tone. They wanted it lighter. They wanted it not to be, you know, that deep dive, deconstruct everything and everything is so morbid. Um, One of the things that they brought up, it was an idea he had that was next, which I'm very glad they next did and never even did it here. There's still remnants of it in this film. Well, no, no, I disagree with you. Um, so the, the idea was that they were going to have after Superman died, that Bruce Wayne, Batman got involved with Lois and got her pregnant. Um, uh, Ian, and st- I, I know, I know what you're talking about. Shot. No, the pregnancy test is he hasn't been dead that long. She's pregnant from him. It's months. It's not years. She's okay. pregnant from Superman. In fact, Snyder has gone on record and said that's the case. And the plan is for the, I mean, he's actually said what the sequels would be, uh, what two and three would be. When she gives birth to a super. Well, no, in fact, the the other way is that the kid doesn't have powers. And in fact, and ultimately the kid becomes Batman when he's grown up. Uh, Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I do consider this an Elseworlds film and I consider the Snyder versus kind of real Elseworlds stuff. And, and they even celebrate the Elseworld stuff with that epilogue. I mean, they they, yeah. they, they straight up talk yes. about alternate realities in that epilogue. Well, yes. Well, so so here's the thing. So so I, I I find that the thing that people have the most difficulty with with this movie is the epilogue. Is no. the no no? I'd given up before the epilogue. Okay. The things I gave up. Uh, the, 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 I think that you nailed the the problem I have with this movie is the approach that this that the Justice League needs to be a deconstruction on par with Watchmen instead of what it probably does best, which is a uh, diverse group of characters that need to be painted with a diverse brush 
and they're not painted in this film with a Debra's brush. They're used right. with this. I mean, they're painted with a mallet. They're painted yeah. with a mallet to the point where you have really, really long sequences well, that do not to, need to be long. And well, you that, and, lot, and, well, you have a lot of stuff ankled into this film that doesn't need to be there. Mark John John's being one of them. Iris West's rescue being another one. There's just a lot of stuff in this film that works to create more confusion and noise than it does to actually uh, throw the narrative and the character choices towards any kind of momentum. The film feels it takes those first two hours to begin and then the other two hours to end. And at no point is there anything like a collect real collective hurdles other than the scene where they rescue Cyborg's father in the tunnel sequence, that there are any real collective hurdles that they have to get through in order to really appreciate that they're the Justice League. It feels like, and then even at the end when they become the Justice League, they made Batman climb out of that freaking radioactive tower using his grappling hook. Nobody wanted to fly him up there. And it's like, they still don't like the guy. And he pay, he flew them there, except Superman. There's right. a lot of weird stuff in this movie, dude. There is, there is. And there's a lot of inconsistencies in the movie. You know, and I, I want to address some of them. Let me first say that, you know, speaking to what you were saying and reiterating what, what I was saying before, yeah, the idea that every single one of them is so alienated from the world, it's like it's a like cookie cutter from Man of Steel, right? It's the same thing. Like no no one can feel right good about it. It wasn't the right it wasn't the right tone for Man of Steel. I right. Mean, well, that's as, exactly it. As Andy Rattinger is saying in the in the comments, where are the civilians in Justice League? Right. Where are the people to be saved? Well, they weren't in Man of Steel. They weren't really in Batman. Well, they call Superman. out the things that the things have been evacuated, but like that—that that was my problem. You know, both in in BVS, I remember going in after Man of Steel, going like, "You got to just do some shots of Superman saving people." So Whedon understood that and did it poorly. Yes, we didn't cut Russian in that family. stupid Russian thing, and it's just bad. It's just stupid. You know, it doesn't work. <laughs> right. But. So, so the execution was bad, but but that's an important Superman part. Now you got a little of that in BVS. Yes, you know you got a little bit of it, but you know, I mean, honestly, when I look at it, here's the thing: what he did is he decided to take three movies to get Superman to the to be maybe the Superman we need him to be, which is beloved and understanding what he's supposed to be about. You know, I mean, the world has now accepted him. The world loves him. They deified him after he died, you know, and I get it. I get the idea that it would take the sacrifice. I mean, listen, is it a jaded view of people? Yeah. In 2021, even in 2017, I'm not sure it's inaccurate. I think there may be something really very realistic to it. You know, it's just not what, you know, what you want from, you know, in a Superman movie, you want people to, you know, get it and embrace him. You know, and the view is there would be congressional hearings and everyone would be picking at it. And, oh, my God, he's an alien. And he's a, is he a vanguard of an alien invasion? All that. I mean, I get that that would definitely go on. You know, I just feel like it, it felt so much more center stage. Like it d- didn't really feel like that many people were, you know, recognize the heroism of what he was doing. I mean, by the way, didn't he or, you know, before BBS, hadn't he basically sacrificed himself? you know, in Man of Steel because, you know, gave himself up without even blinking and was getting pretty messed up off of that. But of course, a lot of people died. So therefore, oh, you know, Batman had to think it was his fault because it was yeah. personal. I do like in BVS the idea of Luther um, manipulating them to fight. Sure. I don't love the characterization of Luther. I felt that, I mean, Luther was like Joker light in BVS. And my feeling is if they had in that movie, if they had had him get, you know, 
a hold of the Kryptonian uh, database and had it overwhelm his mind early in the movie. And that could have been a reason for why he's so crazy. I would have bought it because he's such a clear sociopath that how could he have not been caught before now? But that's clearly not even Luther then. Like Luther's character is he's smarter than Batman, but he's right. And that's Luther's character. And you don't actually even get that until the epilogue in this movie. Right. Where he's toned down and it feels like a more accurate Luther. We've gone to Luther films. And that epilogue was the the setup for what was supposed to be Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie with him against Deathstroke. Agreed. Um, Paul Ponte's in the chat. And when you're saying BVS, you're meaning this BVS Ultimate Edition where he actually saved people. Superman actually saved people um, because... The theatrical version that I saw of BBS, there's not a whole lot about uh, Superman saving anybody. Right. But no, and, and again, so the Ultimate Edition is better. Mm-hmm. It's much, it's a much better movie. Um, you still have the problem of Batman killing people, you know, and using guns. But other than that, I enjoyed it. And I, I'll tell you, I'm going to admit it, you know, even though I knew it was coming, but the, the tone and pacing of the movie, you know, when he dies and Lois and Martha's reaction, everything, I cry. Does Batman ever get martha out of the bat plane before it crash lands because that was kind of weird that he's like yeah. oh, let me rescue you i'm going to take you on this voyage where we're going to get shot down by by this alien creature on the island. Now look <laughs> she's kind of held hostage in the back I, I had told you it was worth it i mean you know it was worth it to do it the way the way i did huh. you know before this and watch them all together and now you'll probably never will but i mean listen i'm wearing the shirt for a reason i enjoyed it and i enjoyed this i did I'm going to be clear. I enjoyed it. You know that I did. You know, um, I, I, you, agree, you, I agree with most of the you criticism. You weathered ridicule from me all weekend. because I did. It. I did. It's true. I mean, I agree with all the criticism. I mean, the, the odd, you know, Scandinavian women singing for a few minutes. I was going like, seriously, yeah. you know, but it, it didn't kill the movie for me. Because, by the way, I hated how, how Whedon handled Aquaman in those early scenes with him. And this was how better. He's different. It, it's subtly different. He's less of a bro. It, it's different. This, the scenes are different. The scene in the bar is different. Um, the added scenes are in there. Um, I think it worked way better. And it, I mean, I thought I, Aquaman seemed mo- mo- cool at that point in the movie. The Later first twenty movie, minutes yeah. have multiple scenes of female singing over slow motion. It's a Evanescence music video. Sure. And uh, well, he's that, a great, it, it makes great music videos. He does. I mean, I and at, that at this point, um, here, here's the thing that actually got me in watching those first 20, 30 minutes. And I did not enjoy the first 20, 30 minutes. I didn't enjoy the four, four hours. But uh, again, I, I thought that there was a, a lot of stuff in there that didn't, didn't need to be in there. And obviously, like from the get go, the tone is wrong and the treatment of the characters is wrong. Uh, again, it's using a mallet to paint diverse characters with the same brush. Um, but it's obvious in those first 30 minutes that this is a dude in mourning making this film. It is so about mourning in those first, that in that first hour that narratively, does it drag the movie down to a place? It always was that, which I find that, but narratively it's like, it drags this movie. It feels like it's beginning for two hours. Well, Can, can I forgive it that? No, I can forgive Zack Snyder for that because I understand where he is. Is that does it help the but, movie? No. No, but here's the thing. So recognize that. So first of all, recognize that Man of Steel is actually, and this is a perspective I got this week. Man of Steel is sandwiching the first two Christopher Reeve movies together. Do you see yeah. that? 
yeah. down to certain scenes of extremely reminiscent. Without the treatment of the character accurately. Well, with, 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 a, with, with, a, character. with a modern realistic take. That's, it, that's, it, a, that's a Zack Snyder take. That's what I'm just going to say. That, yeah. I, listen, in quotes, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying that was his approach. He took, you know, and listen, most of us go, well, the Luther plot is the bad guy in the first Superman movie because that movie's fantastic, but that plot's only okay. And then Superman 2, the non-Donna version, you know, is only okay, but the villains are fantastic, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I love Superman 2, but it's not nearly as good a movie as Superman 1, and yet I love it more in so many ways because it's just the Zod, you know, Ursa non stuff is fantastic, right? right. So that's what he did here, you know, and he put that together and he told, he told his version. Um, then um, BVS ends up being the Dark Knight Returns and Superman Doomsday Death of Superman, right? Yes, and, and it's messy. It's me- but 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 that's what he's doing. These are so, three, these are so, two movies so far that are very messy. And coming off that, so that beginning of Justice League, I mean, he set that up. I'm just saying to you, it's long before. You know, he was in his position of mourning. He set up the because remember, funeral for a friend. Remember the world reacting, world without a Superman. I mean, this was world without a Superman. You know, and the Justice League trying to go on without him and going like, well, we need him. You know, this isn't working without him. Now, here's something I don't get in the movie. I actually initially I liked the idea. Okay, great. They tied it directly to the end of BVS, and he died, and he's screaming, and that's happening. The mother boxes wake up. But then I say to myself because they said, oh, the. And maybe I I misunderstood this. My take was, I mean, even in the theatrical version, they, oh, no Kryptonian. It's like, well, why do you care? There's a, I mean, yes, I get there was a Kryptonian here, but it's not like there was a Kryptonian anywhere else, right? You know, and have you gone elsewhere that there was a Kryptonian? No. Yeah, and what about the four thousand seven hundred and uh, four thousand nine hundred and seventy years before five thousand years they were dormant, right? Right. So he's around thirty years, not even because he wasn't an adult, you know. How well, about all those years before that? Why did they not wake up and call to dark side? Well, uh, Andy Radinger, my buddy, had a really good comment. He said, uh, wait, dark side's got and conquered 150,000 worlds without the mother boxes. Why does he need them? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Right. Um, also, also, this is the planet dark side got his ass completely handed to him. He doesn't know where it is. He doesn't know the name right. of it. Yeah, they totally he went there, they killed him. What, he got in a boom tube. Boom tubes don't know how to go back. Right. I don't, I don't understand. Did, did I did I miss something there? Yeah, it's probably I mean, where you left wait, it, dude. Wait, wait, the movie was four hours long. Did they leave stuff out? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I did kind of think that. Well, there's there's a here's a little awkward thing that I thought it was awkward in the Joss Whedon version, and its lack of not being present is awkward to me. Is Bruce's vision, Bruce, Bruce Bruce's premonition? Because later in the movie, Bruce. Well, that's says, why. That's why the epilogue was important right. but whether it epilogue. lands or not that's what it's about but it's right? an epilogue in here you definitely three quarters of the way through the film have bruce tell diana i had a premonition the premonition is as bad as it was in the first in the or awkward as it was in the joss whedon version well it's in bvs it's like dude this is not working for me that you no, have but the, the first premonition is in bvs i know but i don't think that a movie should require entirely seeing like that it was my problem with the beginning of black panther with that you had to watch civil war to get the inciting incident for this film you know what but i know i know people my wife who since then has gone back and watched every marvel movie with me she literally said fuck you i want to see black panther i'm seeing it she'd seen nothing else <laughs> Iron Man, and yes. she loves black panther and but great fortunately it 
it got her to be open to watching the others. And I'll never forget, like when she saw Captain America First Avengers, like, wow, that movie had just as much of heart and soul as Black Panther did. She was so touched by mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. yeah. They, the criticism still is that the inciting incident for the film happens in yeah. another movie. Well, like, I hear you. But listen, they tell you about it as exposition. I mean, you know, look, it's an interesting argument. Um, I think the Marvel movies do a great job of allowing you to enjoy the movie without seeing anything else, but it's they're much richer if you have. Mm-hmm. You know, you you get it, fine. They told you there was something that happened before and you go f- along for the ride. You know, I mean, th- it's a series of movies. You know, um, Dawn of Justice leads into Justice League. You know, there you go. Man of Steel, listen, same thing. BVS shows you enough of the scenes from a different point of view of the end of MOS that you get it, but you don't get what led up to them. So you're definitely lesser for your perspective on Superman if you haven't seen MOS. Yes, before watching and I think BVS. that this movie did a better job of starting with Superman's dying scream because it ties in BVS. That being said, the the actual execution of the dying scream, like it felt punishing. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. I get it. Um, I want to say that um, the can Amazon stuff forward? was great. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you just come forward? Yeah. The, the Amazon stuff was fantastic. Um, I thought, I mean, especially after, I mean, one woman, 1984 was a big disappointment for me. Um, well, I should say it was a disappointment because I didn't expect much, sure. but you, you know, that it was, yeah, yeah. But um, I think this is better than that. Mm. Mm. I feel oh, like you're Jonathan Stump's here. He has to think about this. I one. just feel like you're comparing microwave dinners that you don't want to eat. <laughs> like you're at you're like the freezer. Like you open the freezer and you forgot that the stuff you wanted to eat is gone, and you're left with like the two frozen dinners that you weren't going to eat. And now you're like, damn, which one am I actually going to eat? Uh, uh, look, I, I again, I don't, I don't agree. I think that if you're if you if you can embrace the Zack Snyder worldview and style, that you can and, and get past what's tonally off for only fanboys. No, 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 no structurally off, Ian. The the, the the deconstructed of Superman and the approach to Superman and the, the approach to each of these characters creates structural problems yeah, to I, how they exist with each other and the relationships they have with each other. There, the 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 note is too narrow. Well, well, by the, well, let's talk about some inconsistencies in the movie. And, and just to go on record as like Zach, as a whether or not I'm a Zack Snyder fan, I can't freaking wait for his Netflix zombie film. Oh, Army of the Dead looks great. Army of the Dead looks fantastic. Yeah, I see all the uh, all of Zach's movies right away because as far as making these epics, you know, the slow mo, the epics, I had to watch this movie. I have to mm-hmm. see his movies. There is nobody better at doing this stuff. And on many levels, you have to appreciate this. Yeah. And again, I'm glad that this movie exists. I think he's technically a great filmmaker. This movie did not work for me. I'm glad it exists because I can talk to you. I've got people talking about it. I've got, you know, I think I'm glad that fans who love this take and have loved it since Man of Steel and BBS, I'm glad that they have this movie to keep this thing alive for them. Let me ask you this. What did you think of the Wonder Woman scene in the museum? Uh, where she's rescuing the hostages. Yeah. Um, well, it, the cri- main criticism there is that it continued the, the same level of, excess- of excessiveness that we had in the movie leading up to it. Um, yes, she's a hero. She feels the need to, to blast the guy through a wall. Definitely. Like, oh, he's dead as fuck. Him. So he's, he's dead. He, 
He, he's so dead that there's not even a sign of him. I anymore. wanted it to cut back to Diana standing in front of those little girls and just have meat dripping off of all of them. Like she, he explodes yeah. so badly. Yes. And then that rubble probably killed a, a cop or two. Right. Probably just landed and killed a cop or two. But again, that is like Diana hitting all the bullets in sequence. That's fun. That's Diana. Well, what I loved was I loved, loved to put him through a wall. Not Diana. I, I love the super speed of it. And what makes me laugh is so she's demonstrating because in, in the comics, Diana has super speed. And yet then they seem to forget about that later, right? Mm-hmm. And flight, which she learned in 1984. Yes. Well, no, but but wait, wait, you say she learned it in 84. I mean, even at the end of the first movie, I know she's flying, then she's not, then yeah. she is. I mean, 1984 has consistency problems. You know, I think that whether or not she can fly is based on whether or not the world remembers that she's there. <laughs> And right. I guess they just forgot that one person who won one World War One for them. Uh, and then, you know, when they forgot about her, she couldn't fly. In 1984, she's like, oh, I got to make myself public again. Now I can fly. Right. But I'm going to steal a jet anyway from the Smithsonian that holds fuel jets on a runway. N- never mind. Don't worry about it. Why does the Smithsonian have a radio tower? Let's hey, not ask that, those questions. That, that's a different episode. No, that's not. <laughs> Geekscape, that episode is available for you on this feed. Just go back a few months. You'll find it. There's head scratching in it, but yes, it's there. There's, there's a bit of that. Um, so, you know, he did a few things in this because of, I mean, I, I think he was definitely trying to clean things up. You know, the additional scene, which is the epilogue and the John Jones of it. I felt watching it. It was very clear to me that scene with Martha, then, then Martha walks out of Lois's apartment, becomes the Martian manager, and then becomes, uh, was it Stanfield? You know, the general, um, it was obvious it wasn't that. I mean, it was obvious that's not what that Martha scene was. And then I think to myself, I'm like, all right, well, that's how Lois found out from Martha that she lost the farm. But then she knows about it. You know, like, is is this not weird? Is there any conversation that no one's wondering? I mean, I don't know. It's a little odd to me. Yeah. And the whole idea is Lois is the key. And Lois is the key. When Superman is reawakened, he is like relentless kind of uh, evil Superman. And then Lois is the thing that peels him back from going completely dark. Uh, and, and, Lois, and, and, and that would have been enough, again. by the way. That alone could have been a way and a shorter way to have made it, hey, that's the moment. They brought him back and he goes crazy and would have ended up you know, the anti-life equation working on him, the crazy him and being Darkseid's minion, but for Lois. That would have done it because to do it now later in a different movie, because for the viewers, I, I want to clarify this. What Zack Snyder has said is that the explanation is, that, so we've seen this nightmare scene in the epilogue. That's this potential future that the Barry that's come back to give Bruce the visions is coming from in which Darkseid comes back he conquers the world. He kills Aquaman. He kills Wonder Woman. And he's used the anti-life equation to take over Superman. I don't understand why those other heroes aren't affected by the anti-life equation. Apparently, I'm not supposed to know that. Apparently, the idea is that somehow Lois dies. And because she's dead, he's grief-stricken. He's more susceptible to the anti-life equation, even though I thought it could just take over anybody. Well, but anyway. Image. Clark holding... Yes, like a corpse. Yeah. So wait. So 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 then the idea is that in the next movie we would see that happen, and the whole movie would basically be 
bad Superman with Darkseid and Slave the World. It, just the most dystopian, horrible thing. So it'd be a whole movie of that epilogue, which and, I don't think we need. And the Joker giving retros. Right. And then, and not, yeah. Which was and like then, the dialogue. I was like, wait, that just happened? Uh, they just wrote I, that? I, I applaud his reason for putting Joker in, which was that, hey, we're never going to get a version of, you know, this universe's Joker and Batman in the same scene. But that scene did not work. Though That aspect of that scene did not work. Um, I, I think I, I could have gone to my grave without hearing the Joker offer to give yeah, Batman I, a retry. I do like the idea that they jumped from, okay, Deathstroke's coming after Batman, and then now here we are, and at some point now they're going to end up aligned. I think that's a cool a cool notion. Things change, and there you are. Yeah, um, because cool. and that happens all the time, you know? But, um, you know, honestly, for me, that was enough of that. And even if they were to give Zack another movie, don't do a home movie of that. Don't do a home movie of that. Do, uh, you know, because then the plan beyond that was then have Barry go back and fix it. And I, I think you could do all that a lot quicker, you know. And so then anyway, and what, what they've said is Zach's plan was so Barry managed to go back to the right time to warn Bruce. Bruce sacrifices himself, saving Lois and dies. They then have a kid. Bruce, Lois is pregnant. So, um, excuse me, Superman, Clark, and Lois have the kid. They name him Bruce, Bruce Kent, and he grows up to become Batman. And it's, oh, this is what your uncle would have wanted. He'd be very proud because he doesn't this have superpowers. Straight Elseworlds, baby. Straight Elseworlds. Straight there's, Elseworlds. There's, there's no basis in comics for it all. It's just, it's just that that was his vision. Um, and here's the thing. Honestly, as problematic as it might be, you know, the only thing dangling really is, okay, Darkseid's coming now with an invasion force because, what, he can't use boom tubes anymore, so he has to bring everyone. I don't know he why. He didn't even want to walk through the gate when it opened for him. Right. That was kind of weird. He just stands there and watches Steppenwolf get his head cut off well, instead of I, I think, his forces through the, the gate. The implication is they just totally decimated Steppenwolf, and he's not risking himself. <laughs> but I don't know why he can't just open another boom tube and bring his forces through whenever he wants. Why does he have to come with an invasion fleet? I don't right. quite get that. Um... But so that that's dangling. Um, I love John Jones, Martian Manhunter. Apparently, the way he originally shot it, that would have been Green Lantern. Sure, and and the Green Lantern would have semi worked. I do love the inclusion of the Green Lantern. I my heart broke when I saw a dead Kilowog in the Nightmare yep. Scenario future. Just okay. seeing kill, just seeing one of my favorite Green Lanterns like I love dead. Yeah. I was like, oh no, there's a dead Kilowog lying there. You yeah. got me there, Zach. That's um, a statement. Yeah, the, the, uh, I because I literally go, wh- where is the Green Lantern for second two eight one four? Why, why are they not there? Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't know. But Earth's going to keep getting invaded. No Green Lantern coming. Martian Manhunter felt shoehorned. Less so yeah. was Iris West feeling a little shoehorned to set up a I, Flash movie that I'm not confident we're still going to get. I was disappointed <laughs> because I knew that Iris West was going to be in this movie and it was the same actress and they're using her for this, for the flash movie that they're making. I think we are getting it. I think they they believe they're filming already. I hope we do. But but here's the thing. Like I had the meet cute, but I expected like more to come from it. Like they actually talked to her after whatever else. And that didn't even happen. So that I found that a little like, all right, that's it. Again, the movie's pretty fucking long, but I still was like, I expected a little more there. Sure. But he had to feed the hot dog to the dogs. Well, yeah. I mean, of course he did. <laughs> I'd be because, like because because he, because he had to get he had to get a dog a, a job, you know, taking care of dogs. I mean, I'd seriously. Like, then they get West. to the place of oh oh he's going to be a cop and you know and be in the crime lab. Dogs. Then they just get there quicker. 
Well, if they had started them there, it would have been close to the origin, and it would have made yeah. a little bit more sense. There's a lot of stuff well, that, that is that is right. again is shoehorned in here that does not dovetail logically. Well, he feels a need to demonstrate that Barry's motivation to be, you know, in forensics comes from his father. So that therefore, instead of just telling us that was his motivation, we have to see it. We have to see him get that job. It means nothing. I mean, and and this other job, it, to me, it's like it's like oh, they had to push this idea that Barry's a fuck up, and now he's going to get some focus. I I don't I I to me that that's not the Flash. Ian, there's a bit of clarification I would like as well. Uh, Paul Ponte on YouTube says I think the boxes have to be active for that boom tube, and Cyborg shut them down. Is that why we Maybe. don't just have is the presence of the mother boxes the way that Darkseid can come to Earth? So, but. Even no. just want no yeah. because, because Steppenwolf came. Steppenwolf in a, came in a boom That's too. what I'm saying. And so one, that was one of them wasn't in one of the the mother boxes wasn't active. Right. I mean, maybe one has to be active. I don't but know. But how did Darkseid get there originally? How did one of their boxes get there originally? There were three of them, and they were getting spinny, spinny, but they weren't combined. And then um, Zeus threw a lightning bolt, and there was a Green Lantern, and he died. And the uh, Atlanteans joined forces with. Uh, the um, Themyserians, and there was a fight, and I don't know what's happening. It's a lot. Men, of, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of pop rocks and coke after what, like reading a bunch of DC comics and then writing a script as fast as you can. No, I mean, and, well, why is the idea that Atlanteans were already different before they had sunk? I don't know. They were really tall. I guess that Atlantean was tall, and Zeus was tall. Was that Zeus with the lightning bolts? Zeus, Zeus with the lightning bolts and Ares. I mean, that should have just been one of the dudes from 300. Like, shout out. Shout Basically, out 300. Right? And then bring in one of the owls from Garul and just have like that flashback sequence be like a straight up Snyder fest. And, I would have been like, that, this is tight. Well, and the, the paradigms are basically zombies. Okay. So there you go, right? One of the dangers, just being serious, one of the dangers of having such a limited like color palette was there were many sequences, including that one with uh, the Amazonians where damn, a lot of those parademons just looked like cyborg. And there were a lot well, of times when I'm well, like, man, those parademons well, and cyborg look, look I, just like look the same in the flurry of action. I have to say, it's funny that you bring that up because you know, basically the deal was Zack Snyder had a cut of the movie, you know, more or less four hours. I mean, he filmed extra scenes. He, did, you know, obviously scored it. There's a bunch, you know, VFX. But he had a cut on his computer, his personal computer that was black and white. And the original proposition from Warner Brothers was, hey, what if we just let you release that? And he said, no. Because he said, yeah, that's good for you guys to get all the people that are screaming for it off your back, okay? And maybe to get some interest. And then you get to go like, hey, it sucks because it's not a finished movie. And how we told you so. That's not good for me. So he insisted on, you know, that he would have to get the money to finish it. Um, and I applaud him for that. But I have to point out, uh, yeah, it was a black and white movie and there wasn't that much color correction. No, it was still, <laughs> still a pretty black and white movie. Uh, and you've heard like the, the gray version or whatever the idea was that there's like a black and white version of this movie or this and that. I'm, I'm, I, I won't criticize the 4-3 thing because I get the IMAX yeah, same. That. Like, I mean, it's cool. dis- it's disconcerting for a moment, and then I I went with yeah. it. I get it. No, I, I it did not affect my enjoyment of the movie in any way. 
Um, it did affect my enjoyment of Falcon Winter Soldier when I looked up and it was not 4-3. I was like, come on, guys. Like, let's stop thinking so small, Marvel. 4-3 this. Wait. The inevitable IMAX releases of all your Disney Plus And getting a little bit into some of your comments, I mean, I, I as I recall, you were pretty upset that there was actually good character development and pathos. There was humor in it. You thought that was a little bit odd in, coming in, off of having watched... Yeah. It, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was like, wait, 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 what are these heroes doing being joyful? Like, I don't know. No, no, no. You should not be joyful. And, uh, yeah, I think... well, I mean, Joyful, I'll, even though they have plenty of baggage, plenty of shit, yeah. plenty of stuff to be concerned about, they still manage to crack a smile every now and then make a joke. I understand that with, with Cyborg. He is just dour in this movie, and I understand it. And I think that... By the way, they're, that, they're, that's they're, consistent yes. that, at the time of him becoming Cyborg. That actually works. I mean, here's the tricky thing. And I, and, and Cyborg's I actually, story works, but Ray Fitch is a horrible actor. Well, I'm not going to... I mean, listen, you should see me act. It's terrible. I'm definitely not going to ping the dude on acting. Um, okay. But he has the, the best arc, and a lot of people have commented over the weekend that this is a Cyborg story. I think it's a story for all of them. I think it needs to be a story for all of them. I think well, you want to They always Justice said that. Story. They always said that it, it speaks a lot to Ray Fisher's issues going into that whole Whedon situation, notwithstanding being mistreated. And again, that article, I think, painted a really interesting perspective on just how rough it had to be for Whedon walking into that set with, with as beloved as Zack Snyder was and everything else. He ha- clearly handled it the wrong way. Right. Okay. But I get that it was a difficult situation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the I liked some of the cyber stuff. I think I think the cyber stuff is really good when it deals with you know, his father, like the rescue of his father, and then the death of his father, and then coming full circle and wanting to recreate the the, the cassette tape and all that stuff. I like that there was a reason you know, for the death of Silas. Well, one thing that was really weird for me was a parademon can kind of sense the presence of a of a of a mother box. Shows up outside of Cyborg's window, but doesn't actually crash in and start looking around until days later <laughs> when he kidnaps yeah. his father. I was like, no, no, the like you were getting pretty warm there, <laughs> and then you took off and almost uh, there. Why, why can't we just get these scenes fluidly? Why does everything have to be like half scenes that build and then frustrate you? And then why can't this movie just have momentum? Why can't this thing just have a little bit more joy? You know, which is, I think, something that we enjoyed in Wonder Woman 1984. And it's absolutely what we enjoyed with Shazam, which is my favorite DC Universe movie. Yeah. Um, it, again, it goes back to that original approach. It was broken in Man of Steel. Having a, uh, a He's consistent. Yeah, have, having a uh, morally ambiguous Superman does not work. Like you said, the Christopher Reeves Superman knows right, knows wrong. I think that whenever Kal-El leaves the Kent farm, he has to have Jonathan Kent's code. Even Jonathan Kent Right. The, the Man of Steel had a morally amb- but moral ambiguity that I think that's, that that was the problem. The whole it thing, was, yeah. He he's telling him the wrong things. He's giving him the wrong message. That's not what he, Jonathan Kent would ever have right. done, said, and raised him to believe. I mean, there's the argument of you know, was it a Jonathan Kent in the 1910s, 1920s, or wherever you want to reset it, the 1950s for the Donna version? Versus a Jonathan Kent in the you know nineties, you know, you can still deal with all of the issues that you have today, but there's not an actual barometer unless that barometer is Kal El. If that barometer isn't Kal El and right. Jonathan Kent, you can't really 
state any you can't really deconstruct anything I, because you don't have a measure with which to do so and superman has to be that measure does I, that make sense that's why I, this it is does so and, and actually let, let me put this in comic terms because and everyone won't know this but so dc comics did a restart and they did it shortly before this movie came out i believe i don't i can't say this is for sure i've, I've had some discussions with people about this I think they knew what he was doing with this movie because it was it was editorial controlled. They basically made Superman with this kind of this attitude, hmm. right? And a lot of famous old school creators like left said, "No, that's not Superman. I can't do it." You know, my understanding, George Perez said, "I can't. It's just I can't do this version of Superman. It's not One right." Of the top five greatest comic book artists of all time. Yeah, and um, and ultimately. Uh, what happened at DC Comics is they went back to the old Superman and they ended up, I give Jeff Johns credit for um, basically constructing with that Rebirth special, you know, it, it, they made it, they brought in story, the, the idea, sort of a meta idea of what had gone wrong with DC Comics in the new 52. And it was the lack of joy and all that. And they ended up saying this meta way that there was a being tying it actually into Watchmen, arguably ironic enough that it was actually Dr. Manhattan who had changed the whole universe by changing some things in the past by affecting in particular Superman. That was the, that was the whole thing that changed the whole course of the universe and made the whole world, the feeling of the DC universe dour, you know, and, and something was wrong and something was missing. So they've since their efforts have been to reinstate it. But the direct thing they did is they brought back the old Superman. They straight up killed that one and had the old one who still existed come over from a different reality. I remember. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what's more of a statement on it than that? And ironically, Jeff Johns, who was the architect of that, actually was in the position of executive babysitting Snyder on BBS. Yeah, and you clearly have a little bit of a doubling down on that with the new Superman and Lois series. Yes, uh, that's a hopeful. It's good. Superman. Yeah, I'd I'd love to. I, I will get to watching it, and I'll share my thoughts on Geeks. I actually watch it. It's family viewing. I watch it with my wife and my stepson. Yeah, I, I I just the second I heard that a a lot of creators came out and said it was great, and I heard that it was the hopeful Superman, even with like the additional complex like complications of him having children with Lois it, and this and that. It's family value great. Superman. It's all yeah. about that. It's about him, you know, trying to juggle the two things and what's important. They do a big thing about her father, Sam Lane knows and is insistent how important he is and he has to get over it. And, you know, like the family stuff isn't important. And that's why I was like, yeah, that's how you always were. And he's like, no, I can do both because my family is important. I love and, that. And that's what Superman would be. And I'm good with DC having Elseworlds or like multiverse iterations of this. Clearly, well, the that, epilogue that, in this movie embraces the 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 multiverse aspect. My question is: Do we see a Henry Cavill that's not uh, Superman that is not kind of tied to the Snyderverse version of Superman? One, I mean, because his 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 casting is perfect. Well, by the way, Henry is perfect uh, in this uh, role. Let's get into it. You know, where does this go from here? Definitively, I say Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Zack Snyder's casting was perfect. Agreed. Um, I definitely had issues on Aquaman, but you know, it's brought me around. It's he's more rem I mean, when you step out of the himbo thing and just let him be badass, and it's a Peter David Aquaman, more or less. You know, yeah, I mean he's lacking the regality of Aquaman, which is a problem for me. Yeah, down a couple white claws but, and enjoy the Aquaman. Yeah, you know, um 
Flash, I mean, I've already said, you know, Barry being skittish, confused all over the place. I mean, I get the joke of, like, they've made Barry impulse. Yes. And so that that's that's a bit of a problem for me. And he clearly um, exists in a multiverse with the CW Flash right. because we've seen that. And it's yes. pretty cool. And the CW Flash is great. Yes, sir. So, listen, you know, if you recall, around shortly thereafter of um, BVS, we got uh, the crossover between Supergirl and Flash. And we're like, that's World's Finest. That's, and that both of those shows were hopeful. That's the flavor of what you want there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we had a crisis. And yeah. it was pretty cool. And now we have that's fun, great. silly shows like, uh, what's the what's the team show that is Legends uh, of Tomorrow? Legends of Tomorrow, just like so much fun. And Escapists were discovering this. Uh, our friend um, Adam is in the, is on the show, and uh, if you go back, you're gonna get a couple of those. I think um, he's on an episode, and we have a lot of fun on that uh, on the show. Yeah, yeah they're fun. Come, uh, but but yeah. look, this the, the the Snyder stuff has its place for for certain people. There are people that love the realism of it. They you know it's badass, and I get it. Um, I've hated, I actually, among the articles that have been out, you know, interviews with Zach and all that, I actually really like that. I struggle with rewarding bad behavior because they, Zach totally owns that he wasn't part of it initially, but the release of the Snyder Cut thing, he became a big proponent of it. Um, he does publicly say he's against, uh, the trolling. He's mm-hmm. against the bullying. You know, he's against the nastiness because the one thing that's universally said about him is that he's a nice, decent guy, mm-hmm. particularly his sets. I mean, you know, his actors, he's beloved, you know, but I, I hate the idea of um, thanking any of the bad behavior because there's room for both views. You know, um, I, I'm with you. I honestly was not a proponent of the Snyder Cut before. Once I heard it was happening, I said, OK, great. I'll watch it. And, you know, as I said before, for me, it's infinitely better. And. I, I'm not with you on the point of I'd rather that be canon because I don't think I think you only gain things you don't lose anything. Explain that again. I think that the Snyder Cut being canon over the Whedon version, you yes. gain more. Yes. You, it's it's which it's way better. Yes, you yes. know, and it's smoother. It's more coherent, and it doesn't. Other than Mera's accent, which I don't understand, <laughs> she has an English accent in this. Come except I guess Come I guess goes. the choice was. We didn't really hear it before, so then they went ahead with Aquaman. She, she didn't have it. She prefers the British Isles water more yeah. than anywhere else in the world. She, but, she gained the but, accent. I mean, whatever, but 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 you know, but other than that, you know, it doesn't really contradict anything that came afterwards. So it can be canon, and you know, and that's the thing. As much as they say it's not, well, it's it's as canon as you want it to be, depending on who makes the next movie. Wait, who, who says that? Because I Zach I feel- says that he's been told it isn't. No, I feel, and I think the fans will feel, that the Snyder version replaces the Joss Whedon version in I, canon. I think, I, I, I think what will happen is the success and the reviews of it will will change that. And here's does that, the thing. Does that guarantee a follow-up from this team? It, it might, or it, it might it might just be they take threads and sure. they run with something. Sure. You know, here's the thing. We're supposed really, to, get, really we're supposed to get a new Gods movie. But also that Flashpoint. They have Duvernay, right? And but Tom Flashpoint, King. Flashpoint could be a way to like but both of those. It's, it's, easy, it, it's easy to pick it yes. up and, and, and just run with the, the couple of threads that were there mm-hmm. or, you know, do another justice league movie and you, you don't even have to deal with it. By the way, you can just reference. Oh, dark said came and kicked his ass, whatever. It's, it's easy to just, to just reference it and be done with it. But, but I think reference it. 
For me, the biggest problem with the Whedon version was knowing that Zack was doing Darkseid and Steppenwolf was a minor character below Darkseid. Now, by the way, I get the idea, and here's the thing. We didn't really say this much, but the joke of it is, you know, and I, I believe you said it, that, you know, hey, once Avengers came out and they had Thanos and all that, it was like, Doing Dark Side, it's like even though the two characters came out a year from each other in the comics, like it's clearly one, you know, the one company doing what the other company's doing. Sure. You know, so do you really want to do that? Does it make sense? Doing Dark Side New Gods isn't the same thing. Doing Dark Side in the Justice League is the same thing. Right. I was kind of surprised because the whole basis of this is that new 52 Justice League book. Mm-hmm. Because going back to that, and as I said again. You know, th- that's what this is. I believe while the comic came out first, I think they knew what they were doing in the movie, so they directed it, you know? Um, and so that was the plan. Whether they certainly knew with MOS, the fact that it was five years before Justice League or so, four years, um, I'm not sure. I, I suspect that Zach already had the plan that he was going that way, and they knew. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know? I think when they I think when the Nolan Batverse started going away, and, and during the time of the Nolan Batverse, Warner Brothers had kind of—I mean, Marvel had kind of like ascended as the as, well, as the potential. They wanted Nolan, so Nolan's a producer. Nolan sure. said he didn't want to do a, the movie again, so he picked Zack Snyder. Sure. Nolan's an EP, and I okay, get so and I get that. And in, in, in both, I think he and Jonathan are involved in Man of Steel, but it's clear that Warner Brothers wanted to do this and create this whole thing. Um, the one thing that, I mean, my, my gripe with this ending really is a little bit of seeing Barry do the running around the world backwards. It's Superman straight thing. out of Superman Donna. Yeah. And I, and I didn't love that. That being, yeah, said. I always found that a little hokey. It never really made sense. To yeah. Me. Um, it makes a little more sense here that he's more traveling in time. And then he just jumped back and did that. And now but, we're gonna see a now we're gonna see a flashpoint movie where that yeah. stuff really has consequences. I hope. I hope there are consequences to things in this movie. And like you said, it'd be very easy to take threads of this movie without directly doing a continuation of this narrative. Right. Um, I, I mean, even right there, it's easy to reference it. Right. And even though I'm again, I, I did not enjoy this film. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm glad fans are loving it. I'm glad it's something for them to do. It does not take away. My Superman. I've got the Donner Supermans. I've got Superman comics. Yeah. I've got all sorts of Superman and Justice League. But again, and, 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 and you've said you would like to see Cavill just done less dour. And this movie, honestly, with it existing and being canon, it's still, there's plenty of room to do to have Cavill do it right. And he became that Superman in this movie. Yes, that, that, that's my blue? point. It's when you watch all three together, at the end of this, he's finally gotten to be the Superman you want him to be. And I think that was Zack Snyder's plan. I think he felt the need to get there, you know, to see that he believed that, you know, because people aren't just going to get there on their own. There ha- it has to take an extreme, some extreme circumstances to get there. Well, we can only hope, dude. We can only hope that next yeah. time we see Henry Cavill as Superman, he's the red and blue. And uh, and he's the Superman that we know. Why the black costume? Yeah, I didn't get it. He had choices, and you saw the. I mean, other than the there. fact that it's out of the de- again, as I said, it's coming out of Death yeah. of Superman when he comes back after Rand of Superman, and, and that's why I said to you, I was like, yeah, that was the whole thing, and the dourness. I think that was always there. It happens to work very well when you recognize that you know he's de- dedicating it 
to, you know, his dead kid, but I think it was always there, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, that, I mean, honestly, like, it, it, this is going to come out wrong. The dedication was my favorite part of this film. I Put get it. everything in context. Jonathan, sorry I didn't enjoy these four hours. I'm not sure Zach enjoyed the last four years. This movie is there. Yeah. It is a, a uh, it is Zach's dedication to her. It's a lot of people's dedication to the to this to these characters. Doesn't work for me. Kind of works for Ian, especially in the context of the Man of Steel yes. and the BVS uh, director's cut. Um, and I don't think that, that fandom is done discussing this thing in a no. you know by a long stretch. This is what fans like to do. We love to discuss this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But but for me, the ultimate BVS and this cut, I I would never. The only versions I would ever watch again. Cool. cool. And and I and I here's the thing. You and I discussed this. My stepson Dash was 11. You know, going going in, I wasn't sure. You know, is is he ready for these? And I decided after watching, I was like, no, I'd show them to him. Um, cool. He loved Donna Superman and Superman too. I think the um, first. Love my I... Batman. I love those my, my my wife doesn't think he's ready for the Nolan Batmans. Um, you can no. see my Batman Begins poster. Uh, sorry, and that's in in the background. Joker throwing um, a guy into a pencil. I don't think you're. No, exactly. That, 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 but, that's exactly. She's like, no, too graphic for him. Um, I said it on but, Geekscape recently. Those first thirty minutes of Donner's Superman are the I greatest superhero anything put on yeah. celluloid. It's it's note yeah. for note perfect. All right, man. But, uh, can we wrap up? Do we, yeah, I, I mean, know, I, could, I know you I and I keep saying things, but you know, yeah, we're, I, I, mean, I we're know good. you I, and I are just going to go back to the texts like right now, and the geekscapists, <laughs> the geekscapists can't see those texts, but if they do want to be part of the conversation, they can always follow you on on Twitter. You're Ian L Kerner on Twitter, yeah, yeah. And, or uh, and you usually if you, know. you start comments, if I you know I, I read your comments and things and things they say to you occasionally, I particularly notice them on Facebook, and you know you get my likes and every now and then my replies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. join our Facebook group. We have a fa- uh, not only a Facebook page on on Facebook. I'm on your group, one, but there's a group, Geekscape Forever, that you want to join on Facebook too. And then we have Instagram. Are you not talking to me? You're saying uh, it to them. I'm, I'm telling it to them because Ian, uh, you're already uh, in, dude. You don't need to add it. That's right. You know. Okay, I got it. I know that Ian's already going to go to a podcatcher and go to Apple Podcasts and put in a five star review of Geekscape. I know he's already going to do that. I'm trying to get the audience to put in a five-star review of Geekscape on their favorite podcatcher. I'm trying to get the audience to hit the share button and send it to their friends. I already know Ian's going to send it to his friends. Uh, some of them are watching this right now. Like, dude, I already know that's going to happen. Ian, I need to talk to the audience. So, um, honestly, if you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, we love you. And if you're listening to this on the whatever podcatcher you are, listening to this on, we love you too. Uh, thanks for being part of Geekscape. Ian, closing Words for the Geekscapists? Uh, just, you know, listen, I think this movie, watching it, you know, I think a lot of it's what you bring in with you, much like, you know, Yoda said in Empire. <laughs> um, you know, I went in with a desire to appreciate the Snyder ver- Snyderverse and the Snyder version of that stuff for what it is. Um, if that's your mindset, great. If you're fervently against, you're probably going to stay there. There's plenty of things to criticize, but there's plenty to enjoy. Um, I, I like that it's divided into parts. You know, um, it enables you to, you know, I mean, listen, it's four hours, Whoa. but you could, you could easily stop, go to the bathroom, take a break, whatever else. And I thought that that helped make it work. So, again, does it flow well as, you know, as, as just a film on its own? 
I think there's pacing issues. But when you divide it into parts, watching it on HBO Max, I didn't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Would I in the theater? Probably. Yeah. Especially but, when it gets to that fourth chapter, the change machine. And the first thing Jonathan thinks is, wait, wait. When you say change machine, I'm going to think about a coin star. Coin star. So that's that's the only change machine here. What if I go to a, a coin star and it turns out to be a mother box and I end up on Apocalypse and I become a parademon? Would you come rescue me? No. <laughs> fitting, fitting. Uh, I, um, no. <laughs> we love you. That's I love you, but no. Conversation. I think the next time you see us, we're going to be talking a little bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That is a six episode series. So we'll be mm-hmm. doing that pretty uh, in the next month. It'll be pr- fun. And, and shortly thereafter, maybe Black Widow. Oh, definitely Black Widow. It, I'm saying the only maybe <laughs> is is if we're actually going to see it May 7th. Let's go. If Marvel doesn't push it, we'll be right yeah. here at Geeks yeah. uh, We've been here for 13 years. We're going to keep being there. And as Timor says, watching from Germany, nothing better than listening to you two guys. Love it. We started Geekscape with Ian and. Uh, well, he'll probably kill me and end Geekscape with Ian, so maybe that's the way it'll go. When he, when the, uh, wait, what is it that, that Darkseid wants? Uh, the uh, the anti-life equation. The anti-life equation turns Ian evil and he kills me. Well, to, that's the end to, of Geekscape. To be clear, for me, as a big comic fanboy, they got the anti-life equation in this. I internally cheered over that. Yeah. I mean, I know people are like, oh, what what for? I was like, because it's Darkseid. <laughs> the, the anti-life equation, right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. But then, just to warn you, Matt Kelly and Derek and Shane and Katie are going to make a team, like a future team. They're going to have like scars and like stuff like that. They're going to come after you when you turn evil. So just letting you know. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Geekscape is Geekscape forever for Ian Kerner. Peace. We love you. Don't hate create. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 